You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, and Brian Reeves. Hey. How you doing? All right. User entered your channel. And there's Brad Miller joining, but uh, he's having uh, computer problems. Let's see if he jumps in here. He just uh, had to reboot, actually. But here we are for another episode. So, let's start out, Carlos. You missed last episode on the two-year anniversary. What's going on? You were doing setups and doing different things. A whole bunch of crap going on. Yeah. Yep. So let's get into NIS uh, Pocono. Started out uh, Wednesday fixed. I got a great result. P7. It was a total, total caution fest. I mean, it was bad caution fest. But that was the best result of the week, the first uh, race, and I raced a bunch of them. I ended up uh, open 27th, fixed 29th, open 25th. So a bunch of bad results there. Uh, In that open, where I finished 25th, Jose actually finished third. User disconnected from your uh, channel. Interesting. strategy he basically stayed out on a final caution uh it was close to the end and most everybody else pitted except for him and one other guy and uh, a quick caution came out and uh, he ended up with third after you know running pretty bad the rest of the night you know so to finish third at the end was pretty cool for him uh carlos i have it notated you finished 14th in that race in your split Actually, I don't think that was the same race. The one where Jose finished there is where I ended up finishing uh, well outside the top 25 because of a issue with the graphics driver. Oh, you were having freeze-ups, huh? Yeah, it was just a freeze Apparently, it's linked to something in the mirrors. Yeah, I saw that. Or something like that, and that's what freaking cost me a top 10. So what was your best result? Oh, 14th, I think, or 16th, yeah. 14th or 15th, because of starting to pass cars, I just ran out of time. Yeah, I don't think I ever had a green flag stop the whole week. Yeah, I probably would have done a lot better if we had some. So the racing did get cleaner as we went through the week, um, like it usually does. The last uh, Sunday, uh, the last race Sunday, uh, myself and Tyler, uh, teammate Tyler, he wrecked out turn one, lap one. I also got wrecked out in turn one, lap one. I got my damage fixed, my laps back, went on to finish P10, and then Jose, teammate Jose, finished eighth. So I had two good results in fix, but nothing really to show for in open. Um, two real bad results in open. So that's going to be a drop week for me for sure. Uh, but what do you think about Pocono? I mean, is it uh, was the racing any good? I mean, I was slow out there. I felt like uh, we missed it on the setup a little bit. I think. Carlos, that one night it was you, me, and Jose running, and I think all three of us were were saying, "Boy, it just feels like they're they're outpowering us down the straight." Well, my case was a situation of a really tall gear. Your guys' gear, I couldn't figure that one out. Car was just not fast overall. Yeah, did have decent long run speed though. Yeah, but never got one. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, the problem. So. 
expecting long runs and never got one in. It was literally caution after caution after like a first little 15 lap run, 10 lap run. That was where the car really shined was late, like 15 laps in. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the lows of lows. As you're racing the NASCAR iRacing series, like I had that three race span there this week where I had 27th, 29th, and 25th. And none of that was my doing. That was getting caught up in huge wrecks that lots of cars are involved. There's nowhere to go. They run over the back of you. And boy, it's just discouraging to, you know, to finish the race when you're damaged like that and come home with a 25th or a 27th. And it's just tough. And so it really puts a balance on it. So when you do run well, I think, you know, it's that much sweeter, I guess. Uh, I guess I always say if it wasn't easy, you know, people wouldn't do it. If it was easy, people wouldn't do it. That's what I mean to say. Oh, yeah, racing is the greatest addiction ever. No matter how bad the lows are, the highs just keep you doing it through all the low. Yeah, so... And then that Sunday night where I got wrecked User out on the turn, turn one, lap one, you know, and then went on to finish 10th, you know, and get a top 10 out of that race. That was pretty cool, so. All right, next is Michigan coming up. What do we got? Uh, boy, I'm not very good with Michigan either, I don't think. Stay on the bottom. I really like Michigan. Just don't go too low. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fast. Except for the pathetically tight fix-up. Is yeah. it really tight? Yep, right in the middle. It's like you hit the gas and it goes right. <laughs> well, Michigan and then, what, Sears Point? I don't know the schedule. Neither do I, but I'd be looking forward to a road course. What's after Michigan? Sonoma. Yeah, Sears Point. Yeah, I'm ready for that one. Uh, It's going to be so much fun. We're like two seconds faster this year. Really? Oh, yes. Or possibly more. I got a 113.4 or something like that. Last year was a 116 on a decent run. So where does that two seconds come from, Carlos? It's lacking. Better fix it. Oh. Well, better fix it, and yeah, I think it's something to do with the low down force two is giving us a lot of difference. I can't explain it. It's really weird, and plus, I think they when they change some things with the lower down force, remember it changes the geometry a little bit. I think that has something to do with a higher speed there, but I don't know. It's pretty fun. The setup's kind of weird though, because it makes you feel like you have grip, and then I don't know where it's completely gone, and that. Yeah, that right-hander. Was it turn five? Instead of going through the old, you know, basically the IndyCar version of the track. Yeah, the hairpin where it brings you yeah. up to the carousel. Well, the, yeah, the one before that. Of course, just that right-hander is a big curb on the right and one big long curb on the left. Yep. Yeah, there you can hit it, smack it with the car, and it really uh, helps turn the car. You can actually use the curbs like you, you see on TV. Well, two seconds, that's a lot. We'll have to see how that race goes. That braking's going to be huge. All right, uh, Dirt, what'd you guys do for Dirt? Anything? Negative. Me neither. All the shenanigans of the 24 hours, what cost me any chance to run any? Yeah, we'll get into that. Okay, so let's uh, trade off, Brian. What's next? Next is a Twitter post about Matt Busa holds off Mike Conti and Ray Alfala to win the 2017 All-Star Race. Yeah, this was last Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, I caught a little bit of it in the middle. It looked like it was a really good race. I didn't catch the finish, though. I did not either. 
but uh, they're running tonight, Pocono. Uh, so they'll they'll be running there, and that's another uh, good track from Bisa. That'll from be what I've seen, watch. I see all those guys get through one. I'm sure they're going to pile up. We'll see. I mean, they are some of the best on the service. Maybe they won't. Uh, other racing this week, you mentioned it. Let's uh, go through it now. Le Mans. 24 hours of Le Mans was on this last Saturday. And uh, we, you know, as usual, Carlos had a good schedule put together and everything. Uh, Jose was the starter. Jose Pabon. And uh, shortly after the start of the race, we got a message uh, to the team from Jose. Hey guys, I screwed up. I thought I had registered for the race, and I, and then when I had I went to go to the bathroom, I returned to the computer. I realized I didn't actually finish the registration process and missed the race, or missed the start of the race, and so we never even got registered. It was just a a human error thing, and uh, boy, I know Jose felt pretty bad about it. These things happen. It's no big deal. Yep. I know when we first started doing endurance races, we had two people at the start just for this reason, you know, in case something went wrong. But then I think we got kind of lazy on that. And now here, you know, we we missed a start because, you know, one person had a mistake and there wasn't a backup plan. Yeah, I mean, I had a backup plan to maybe run with another another group of people if they were going to do it. They didn't have enough drivers and just happened to be registered. He was qualifying when all this was happening, and I sent him a message randomly. He's like, yeah, go ahead. And then I get a random call in a couple minutes. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't fully registered either. I can't run it. So we weren't the only team that had this issue. So that's kind of coincidence, but I told Jose after some of the other things that happened, we'll talk about later in the podcast it might have been a blessing in disguise that we missed the race um, and uh, you'll see why here as we get through that all right what's next next is a post hold on sorry having issues here yeah it was the season three p1 release patch one for the so it didn't take them long to get a patch out, but they needed to do it because uh, the Ferrari engine had a problem. Oh, no. Yeah, there was a temperature problem uh, that was reported by many people where the Ferrari engine was getting too hot uh, for Le Mans. And These that's what I understand, that it was the reason they, you know, really you know, put out the patch as quickly as they did. I got you. I saw when I came back when we were trying to get Lamago and that there was an update and I didn't have it on the computer yet. So I knew there was something going on. I didn't know what, quite what it was. They updated the sporting code. I don't know exactly what what was uh, added to it. And uh, several different setups as well for the NASCARs as well doesn't say specifically what so that was patch one um as carlos mentioned already there was a problem with the mirrors that was reported a bug with shadows and mirrors the fix did not make the patch but will be in the next patch and Carlos, you did figured out how to fix this, right? By changing the mirror settings, or what was it—the higher detail? But I don't know if that one was completely linked to the issues. Yeah, I think yeah, I but, checked higher detail and mirror. I don't check that. And you can also just get rid of the, you know, natural car mirrors, you know, the ones that are on the car. But it just don't look right, and you'll gain a lot more FPS. Or FPS is just not worth it. To be honest, to get rid of that. Uh, what do you call the immersion? Right. But if you turn on one of those uh, settings, another thing, I there's actually a whole bunch of issues together that caused my little freeze up. 
when I was just being stressed out for no reason, even though I was only using 20% of my stuff still. Still don't make no sense, but um, I had my GPU overclocked, and apparently iRacing doesn't like that. <laughs> okay. So squeezing the more performance out, iRacing hates that apparently, and that's what caused my freezes. So I went for just for iRacing, I'll go back to my default, you know, what it shipped, shipped with. Seemed to help. Right. All right, what's next, Brian? Next is a post in the forums about a problem trying to load into the Myrtle Beach race. Um, They said after some work with uh, posting some files, they said they figured out the problem. It was a fixed dynamic club map for the trackside objects. Uh, They don't handle the transition from practice server to the race server correctly. We will fix this issue this morning. Thank you for the log files. Uh, The repair will not be in the patch. We will release it earlier today. Yep. So it seems like a little bug that they had found that they didn't fix in the patch, but they seems like they members found it. We were able to give them good information. They were able to fix it rather quickly. And so basically what happens is if you're in that, so you register for a race and you join that practice that's before the race. If you go into that, if you do that, where you just don't go straight into the race, you go to the practice first and then the race, it would crash on you if you had fixed dynamic cube maps checkmarked in the graphics. And so oh. people had that turned on, and if you were going from practice to race, it would, you couldn't do it. It would crash. So Mine would do that without is, that. Is turn that off or don't go into the practice. It was weird I had that happen actually quite a few times up in, you know, prior to that incident at Pocono. Where it would just kick you out once you load up into the race session or just freeze and give you that error message. Yeah, so until so, the next yeah, patch, you want to avoid doing that. Just makes that's weird though, because it happened before any of that, you know, new settings were introduced. Right. Oh well. Hasn't happened since. Alright, next. Um there's some kind of problem this week at Pocono. I, if you've pitted, you certainly noticed they lifted up the left side of the car more than usual, and it felt like the car was hitting something, uh, and it acted the same when it was coming back down. Did you guys notice that? Yep. And you you could see it in NIS. The rear end of the car was User all jacked up way higher than it should be. User disconnected from your channel. So there's certainly some kind of uh, issue there. So as far as... uh, User disconnected from your channel. So I don't know if there's a fix for that, uh, but that definitely has been reported at Pocono. I'm not sure if it's just a problem with that particular track. Are we going to see that at Michigan or what? Nope, the only place I've noticed it. Okay, so there's something up on the track. But it didn't do that last year, though. User in your channel timed out. User entered your channel. All right. Looks like, Brian, you're having connection problems. Yeah, I don't know what just happened there. Sorry about that. That's all right. It happens. Uh, So we just talked about the car being jacked. Uh, What's next here? Next is a... Oh, it's the guide for Le Mans, track guide for Le Mans. Yep, it was Le Mans week, so this uh, got surfaced again. It's from last year, I believe. We looked at it and talked about this a year ago, uh, but I thought I'd mention it again. It's a, a great track guide. Like, you couldn't ask for a better one. I heard they relaxed some of these restrictions this year. I'm not sure yeah. if that's true or not. I was also going to say it's a little bit less punishing this year. Really? So they Than it was when this came out. Yep. I mean, there's some of these groups you can get away with running way outside the limits. Still won't even count as a 1X. Right. 
But that's only a couple corners, really, here and there, and that's it. The rest is all the same as you see in that. All right, so next topic is the big one. And that's Lamar, and, and we've been talking about Lamar. And what happened was there was some kind of problem with the track where a lot of people got disconnected, like a majority of the people. And so one of the uh, posts from the iRacing staff here said, first, we want to apologize for the issue in today's race. We know this is a big race for many of you and is most certainly not the way we wanted it to go. We are actively working to determine the exact cause. Once we're able to resolve that issue, we can schedule another Lamar race if there's an appetite for that. Again, we apologize. And then on Twitter, Steve Myers indicated, hey, this is not a server issue like it usually is with these big events. It's an issue with the track. Uh, there were people that were posting screenshots of all the people that got disconnected. It said, uh, you know, throughput fell to an unacceptable level. And like, uh, oh, apparently a huge amount of people got dropped out of the race. So Steve Myers, he was actually on Twitter doing damage control. There were a lot of people uh, saying a lot of negative things about, oh, it's happened again, you know, more network issues. And, and he was the first one to say, hey, uh, that's not true. First software issue we have ever had. Uh, network issues have not happened in the last few after major time and money spent is what Steve Myers had said. Uh, another thing he said, absolutely true, but let's keep things in perspective. We come to work every day trying to improve the product. And so a lot of people were flaming uh, iRacing on Twitter, and that was some of the feedback that uh, they they put up there about it. Uh, let's see what else... Uh, so the top split staged uh, what some people call a, uh, a protest. At some point after all this happened, the, the cars that were left apparently decided to line up at the start-finish line and sit there. And basically, uh, I mean, this was the uh, split that was being streamed, you know, as far as a broadcast. It obviously messed that up. And uh, trying to send a message, I guess, is what people were saying. So, did you guys hear about that? Yeah, I kind of watched it. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the beginning part, and then I came home to kind of do some testing and kind of see what was going on to see if we were going to be able to run at all. And then uh, tried to put it on here, and it wasn't happening or something like that. Or I was watching it here and then went home after realizing I wasn't going to get to race. And by the time I got back to try to watch it again, it wasn't going on, and I went back and watched the replay a few times to see what actually happened. It was pretty funny. Well, not funny, but, I mean... Yeah. You know. I know what you mean. But, uh, yeah, and then other people went on to point out that this was a known issue up to a week prior uh, to the event that this was a problem. Uh, it was happening in practice servers, apparently. Um, there was even a forum post with iRacing and uh, staff involved acknowledging that they were looking into it. But they decided to go with the race anyway, uh, decided to sell the two cars, the Ferrari and the 4GT, uh, you know, a week before the event that they knew might probably wouldn't go off very well. And so there was a lot of people that realized that and were very upset about it. The next uh, component of this is, I call it Trolls Abound. <laughs> Specifically, <clears throat> a certain troll that I've had run-ins in the past with, he really, really went on a major trolling effort. Uh, not only on the forums, but on Facebook as well. Uh, spamming everywhere he could his open letter to iRacing about 
and uh, executives, uh, iRacing developers and executives, about what he thinks about them and what they did about this and how they screwed up. Oh, his teammate did the same thing. <laughs> Started a freaking ridiculous post in the forums. Yeah, so yeah. that's... It, was so it just took a whole nother life uh, with the trolling. I mean, the trolling was really out of control in the forums. I think at one point, uh, as I was reading through the pages and pages of it, there was an iRacing staff member posted up a link to the forum rules about respect and not speaking negatively about the product and stuff like that. As a reminder, hey, uh, you might get kicked out for, uh, you know, doing stuff like this. So they were criticizing basically the decision to continue with the race, even though they knew there was a problem. And, um, you know, why didn't they let the community know, you know, that, Hey, we got a problem. Let's reschedule it or something along those lines. So next up, uh, Steve Myers uh, wrote up an apology himself in the forums and on Twitter. But in the forums, he said, uh, I know it's just words, but we do apologize for the issue with the 24-hour race. We became aware late in the week last week that there might be a software issue specific to the track. When discussing our options, we came to the conclusion that we really ha only had two options. Run the race in the hope that it was not a major issue or cancel the race and let you down by not being able to run in an event that may not have had issues. So really not an ideal situation with either option. And of course, the issue is bigger than we had hoped. This is not a server or network issue. This is an issue specific to the track that as of this moment, we still are not sure what it is. Blah, blah, blah. And on and on with the apologies. Uh, next up, somebody put up a poll about running the race. Uh, do we want to rerun it? Total votes so far, 351. And at 52% no, 48% yes. So it looks like we might not even be rerunning it. It doesn't look like there's enough interest. Rerun it. Yeah, it's only an 11-vote swing, so if some people get in there and start voting the other way, it might go the other way. So, uh, smart, a very smart guy named Christian Schalliner, he piped up uh, with a User entered your theory channel. here. He said that he thinks the issue is related to the HBD car, for sure. He was racing in the first split. There was not any HPDs at all. And we've had none of the mass disconnects that all the other races have had. Yeah, I don't know about that. I had my issues with the Ford GT. But were not in that particular race. Split? It was a, just a session. That was a practice session. It happened to me in there, too. Yeah, but there was probably an HPD in there. That's what he's saying. If there's yeah, an HPD I was like, tied it. directly to them. All right. Yep, so that was one theory about what happened. But quite a mess. Uh, I was kind of embarrassed by the trolling of, of how people are so disrespectful about it. Yep. It happens. We're human. Anybody who's done any kind of coding knows there's, if you change one little thing, anything ripples, and it's so hard to go back and fix and change and find and debug. It's just, at least they're working on it, and that's all. I mean, they do really good work at finding and fixing and patching. Right. All right, what's next?
That would be the iRacing 4 GT damage somebody found. Marlis Gollumbeck put up a video of the 4 GT and basically just goes over a tiny little bump and it knocks the uh, wheel up into the fender well and pushes the fender well way up in the air. And I don't think it's supposed to do that. So the little bug with that particular car. I don't know if I heard other people reporting it. I only saw that one person report that. All right, Brian, what's next? All right, we might have lost Brian. He's having connection issues, so I'll continue on. Next up was Ray Alfala with Virtual Racing School posted up a uh, hot lap at Michigan in the B car, B fixed. Also posted with it is not only the uh, video, a YouTube video of it, but the re actual replay file and telemetry file of Ray driving the lap. And I actually clicked on this and went to their website. And sure enough, there's definitely a download file. And just you don't have to sign up to, to uh, take part in this particular th uh, thing that they're uh, sharing. And you can actually download the replay file and open it up. It's pretty cool. So when you're, I mean, Carlos, you do hot laps all the time. I mean, what's the advantage of having the replay? I don't know. Learn at your own pace, I guess. Well, you got the throttle input, right? Yep. You can see the throttle and brake input, which is really, you know, what you're looking at. You can just learn at your own pace. You can pause the video, you know, go forward, back, you know, go to the different sections you want to look at. And that's mainly the main advantage there is you're able to just do whatever you want on the replays. Yeah, so pretty cool of uh, Ray and and his uh, team over there to work on that. Share it. It's been forever since I've driven the B car. Oh, that's with a new package, too. I haven't really got a chance to try that this week. Yeah, it's remember, the B car just got updated to the 2017 rules, so... All right, Brian, let me know if you're back. I see you're connected, but I don't hear you. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Oh, okay. You want to pick up the next one? We're on the Wired. Wired Magazine has a post about how to drive like a NASCAR star, break out the video games. And it is a rather long article talking about how iRacing, how uh, some of these teams use iRacing. Um, Parker Killinger, or Killingman, has, he's... Clearman. <laughs> Clearman, thank you. I'm horrible with names and pronunciations. Um, but they uh, go through and talk to him about how he tests through NASCAR and have some pictures of his rig. And it's a rather long, lengthy article, but looks rather good. Yep. A big magazine, too. I mean, Wired.com is a huge uh, readership there. So they're going to get a lot of views for that. I did read the article. Um, it was very well written and uh, had some good information, I thought, you know, uh, as they went to Kligerman's house and basically did some sim racing. Uh, and then Kligerman talks more about how is NASCAR in real life using simulators these days, uh, you know, and they're using them a lot. And it's really getting it's indispensable tool for the NASCAR teams at this point. Um, and they're using it quite a bit. Uh, they also talk a little bit about my favorite driver, uh, uh, Majeski, and uh, how he's done so well lately. And he, you know, using iRacing to prepare for his Iowa debut in the Xfinity car. Very cool. Good press for iRacing there uh, from Wired.com. Check that out. 
Next up, uh, boy, this one was surprising to me. iRacing announced today, uh, they said the NASCAR SK Modified Series is our featured oval series for Season 3. Credits will be awarded to the top three finishers in each division. So, is it, did I miss something? I mean, is this the first time they're doing this? I mean, have they done this before? Maybe it's to get people to drive it. They don't say how many credits. But they're going to give credits for doing well in official racing. And that's a first that I know of. So if you want the cash, now you know what you need to run Season 3, NASCAR SK Modified. And I saw another Twitter, but I don't have it here, but I think they're planning on, you know, each season they'll switch it to a different oval series for the payout. And so they'll they'll pick a particular one, and if you do well, in the division, top three in the division, you're going to get paid. That's cool. All right, hardware's up next. Brian, what do you got? Hardware, we have, uh, it is from simracingpaddock.com, and it is the Flex Sim 3 Pedals V3. It's a high-end hydraulic pedal set. Yep, and... Uh... My link isn't working, but I, it used to work. Sim Racing Paddock actually put this up. Uh, there it is. It's called the Frex. And it looks pretty nice. It's your typical hydraulic pedal setup, but it's mounted on a nice uh, metal plate bracket thing. Flo- you know, off the floor. Price is 1363 U.S. dollars. It'll be available June 23rd. It looks like it's uh, based out of Europe. Uh, But they look pretty darn nice. Frex. Never heard of Frex. Neither have I. Do you use hydraulic pedals? Yep. I have the main performance sim pedals. Wasn't Frex like one of the biggest names of wheel companies? Or, you know, making racing wheels? Maybe. They're like the biggest name for a while. They're like the AccuForce of like five years ago. Yeah, maybe. It's been a while, though. Uh, But boy, they looked really nice. I mean,. And as you'll see here as we go through some of these, there's some great offerings coming out. I mean, we've talked about the AccuForce version 2. Now, next story, we have Thrustmaster has finally announced their TGT wheel. And it is a belt-driven wheel. It is. I see you say something, Brian. It is a belt-driven wheel. I'm kind of bummed about that. I was hoping it was going to be direct drive. Yeah, the article reads as if they're not certain if it's direct drive or belt, but at the top in bold it says, uh, Edit, according to an image on the official Thrustmaster website, this is confirmed to be a belt-driven wheel. Suggested retail, 700 pounds. So just uh, more options, huh? Yep. I don't think I would pick that one, though. No, I was looking at that one a year ago before I bought the T300, but just there wasn't enough information about it, and I'm glad I went with what I went with. All right. What's next? Next is a forum post or a Facebook post about the new Samsung 49-inch display. I saw something about this the other day. It is apparently really, really nice. 
Very, very wide. Curved. Very nice monitor. Yep. Uh, it, it's a 21 by 9 aspect ratio. Oh, it's 48 49 40. inch. 48? How big is it? 3840 by 1080. Dude, that'd be perfect for me. <laughs> Basically, you three screens on one. Oh, yeah, it looks incredible. Yep. Pre order is 1500 bucks. available June 30. Now, let's talk a little bit about what's wrong with this. Well, let me describe it visually for our audio listeners. It's one stand. It basically looks like a computer monitor that's been stretched really wide. So it's almost, it, it is one monitor. It has got a curve to it, but not a lot of curve. But it's basically the size of if you had three small 22s together or something like that. But it's all one monitor. So is this ideal for iRacing? That's my question. It's the same as having three screens, or basically two decently wide screens. Well, no, it's not the same as three monitors. It's close, but not close enough. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, a lot of people would look at this and it, wow, that's really like three monitors, but it really isn't because the FOV, you would never get the FOV that the game is capable of, which is basically 179. That's the max FOV you can get. So if you bought this particular monitor for $1,500, you'll never be able to use iRacing in 179 because that FOV on that monitor would not be that amount. It just well, if they made like a 24 by 9, then that would equal about roughly the exact same width as three screens put together, given that if you have three 1080p monitors, it's going to equal the exact same width, depending on how close it is to you. And like I said, though, this 21 9, these ratios are basically just a little bit wider than two 1080p screens. Right. It'd be like having two screens yeah. instead of three. Yep. That's the way I see it. I think yep, yep. good for people who need a lot of like screen space for other reasons. The other thing I I liked about this was, even though it's not ideal for iRacing, it's still pretty darn good. And the FOB would be not horrible. It would still be livable. And if you're in a situation where you have a limited space and you don't have a way to get your left and your right monitor or to the left and right side of your head, like if you just are, have a desk that you're trying to set these monitors on, you can never get the edge of that monitor to where your head is because, you know, you have to lean them off the edge of the desk or something. So th that's what I'm saying is that this, it, this monitor won't do that either. So if you're in a limited space, you have a real small room to put this in or or whatever, this might actually be a good thing, but I want people to understand it still won't do the 174 like three triples would. See, it's not as good as three, but it's better than one. Right. Let's just go with that. All right, that's hardware. Uh, next is real racing and uh, iRacers in the real world. And I'll pick up the first one here. Rookie driver at... Brad Keselowski Racing, using iRacing technology and simulators to get ahead of the game in the Truck Series competition. And they're talking about a uh, motorsports.com article on Chase Briscoe. And so Chase, uh, as he's uh, running the uh, Truck Series, he's using iRacing a lot. He's using the Ford simulator uh, in uh, South Carolina a lot as well. And it's just an article about that. Uh, so again, uh, we keep seeing an explosion of using simulators in real racing. And this is this another story to show it. All right, what's next, Brian? Up next is a Twitter post 
Uh, from Eldora Speedway, Daryl Lanigan wins the first twin two or twenty five lap ten thousand dollar to win shootout. Um, and this was in the dirt late models. Yep, with i racing colors. Yep, i racing right on the side of it. Yeah, I think he's on the hood too. On on the chest of his uh, racing suit. Yeah, pretty cool to see uh, iRacing in Victory Lane again in real life. Uh, Next up was this amazing video. I sent this to my team over the week. Uh, It's from Jordan Taylor, who is the uh, endurance racer, uh, son of Wayne Taylor. Anyway, uh, they won. How many times did Jordan Taylor won this year? He's won the 24 at Daytona. And I think three or four other races just this year. What is he driving in that? The so he posted a video of him in his rig. Uh, final bit of prep on my SimCraft rig before heading back over to Lamar. So he's racing in the Lamar race. And uh, he's just doing some, you know, some iRacing practice. Is he driving the C6? I can't tell what car he's using. Well, you can kind of see the dashboard there. I see it looks possibly like a Ford. I don't know. And so what's what caught my eye with this video, I love the rig. This SimCraft rig is amazing. I mean, it's got the hydraulic arms that hook, hooks to it and the... The monitors move with your body. So when the seat moves, the monitors are moving with you. Yeah, this thing's sick. We actually, we talked about this rig by them, I think a month or so ago. Um, It was rather expensive. It was like upper $30,000 range. Yep. Yeah, he's got it like in a spare bedroom in his house. I've seen the their rig set up at the Daytona race. They wouldn't let me sit in it, but they had some guy sitting in it who was prospective to buy one. Um, and I got to see this move in person. It is really, really cool. Well, I mean, there's motion rigs that move your body around, but the monitors don't move. That's one type of motion rig. And then there's this, where the monitors move with you. Everything moves. And this is really top of the line. I mean, it doesn't get better than this, really. Pretty amazing. All right, next story. Next we have a post about time Jeski. Winning again. Another win for this young man. Well, if if I read this right, if, if I remember right, he he won twice in the same day. Uh, they had like dual races or something. It was like truck and then late model. Yep. Again, I mean, this guy is a real deal. I mean... Look at Ryan Blaney and what he did this week. I mean, everyone can see he's a superstar. I'm telling you, this guy, Ty Majewski, is a superstar, too. I just can't wait to see him in a cup car. Yep, and the, the title of the article is Ty Majewski wins 16th, and it's tie, tying a record. Well, congrats to him. Final story. Supercars off from Australia uh, series has confirmed that it has an eSports program in its sites as an Australian series looks to increase fan engagement through the gaming industry. And so this is a motorsport.com article. And the Super V8 uh, supercars, basically, uh, you know, they're trying to, you know, get this thing off the ground where they have some kind of, uh, you know, simulated series where people can race with the real drivers. 
So we've heard about this kind of thing before, but it never really has gotten off the ground. That'd be really cool. I love Australian V8 supercars, and I just wish we had more participation in the iRacing series, because that's the one car I really would love to run and nobody's ever driving. Yeah, there's so much activity here, and in the article even mentions it later down here, that not only is uh, supercars looking to start a program, uh, we have that GT Academy system that's been turning gamers into drivers for uh, several years now. Uh, Formula E uh, has started that uh has gotten a start in esports as well when they uh, hosted up that event that Bono Huis won uh, last January, uh, $200,000 when he beat fellow gamers and professional drivers in that Las Vegas uh, race. And then uh, recently McLaren offered a job as a Formula One simulator driver for a one-year contract uh, to be on their McLaren Formula One team. And there's a uh, contest to figure out who's going to win that as well. Lots of different avenues. Yeah, esports is really uh, picking up, and iRacing certainly in the middle of it. So, cool to see. Uh, let's get into final thoughts. Brian Reeves, what do you got? Oh, had a lot going on. I'm looking forward to just kind of relaxing and getting back into my own house and sitting down and getting to drive again. Been the crazy last like two weeks with running around and doing a bunch of stuff in my personal life. All right. Carlos Fonseca, what do you got? Final thought. Hell, I don't know. What are we at this week? Michigan? Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> that and so no, I'm looking forward to you. Are you glad we inadvertently missed the uh, Lamar race or not? Not really. I kind of wanted to run that. I was thinking since all the people got disconnected, it might have been best we didn't run it. But uh, it's hard to it's hard to say. You know, we weren't sure what split we would even have been in. So. All right. My final thoughts. Uh, boy, Pocono. Like I said, I had three bad races in a row. And there's nowhere to go there. I mean, when they pile up coming out of one or off of one onto the the back straightaway there, there's nowhere to go. I mean, there's nowhere to go. You go down to the grass as low as you can, and there's still people down there, you know. And and uh, it's so frustrating when you get caught up in these early wrecks and there's nothing you can do. So hopefully, hopefully none of that at Michigan. Um, I do know at Michigan, I think, is known for uh, spinning your tires on restarts if you have old tires. And I remember a lot of uh, finish uh, races have finished under those kind of circumstances. So hopefully we won't see any of that, but uh, we'll have to see. So with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.